Dr. Michelle Squire is a PhD qualified scientist and skincare science researcher, which prompted her to start Curate, a skincare concierge service that enables you to cut through all the marketing crap and find out what really works for your skin. When I first met Michelle, she was wearing a Chanel sunscreen brooch. So you know she means business. <laughs> so, so where am I being broadcast to? Just so All I know. The world. What languages do I need to speak? Yeah. What, what languages, languages do you, do you know? None. <laughs> Perfect. I can say a pretty good bonjour. <laughs> Oh. Champagne. <laughs> oh, <Yeah>. cheese. <laughs> it's the universal. Fromage. It's the universal language. Yeah. Cheese. I love it. But let's start. So tell us a little bit about your background, what Curate is and sure. how it came about. Okay. Look, it, Curate essentially is a skin coaching service. So I I established it as an alternative or an antidote, if you like, to um, influencers, bless them, you know, we all love an influencer. Um, but I established it as just something unique in the market where people could go to get skincare advice that was based wholly on science and without a sales strategy. Mm-hmm. And that we could establish a trust relationship that over, you know, a period of time we're able to tweak skincare because skincare is one of those things that changes over time um, to address different problems and and that's that was kind of my business model that I was originally thinking and I'm a scientist so I originally started as a registered nurse many moons ago long before you girls were even a twinkle in your mother's (laughs) eye Um, and then I ended up working in private hospitals and ended up going back to university to do a science degree and ended up loving that so much. I continued on through postgraduate study to do a PhD in microbiology and then working as an academic. Mm. So I've had, I've had this curate-style business, not called curate, going as a bit of a side hustle just for friends and family for about 17, 18 years. Wow. So oh it's been, there's been a lot of years of research. And, you know, a lot of people say they do research. Yes into skincare Mm. that involves Google to varying degrees. It might involve Googling um, scientific literature abstracts. But to actually access the articles is really difficult to do. Um, You need to have subscriptions to journals which cost a fortune you and you also need to once you've got access to the full studies which you need to read a full study there's no point just reading an abstract because you need to understand how the what the methodology was that people used to to perform an experiment Mm. and how valid that is how many people they actually saw how they set it up is what the controls were all of those sciencey type of things that you you just don't get in an abstract you get a very succinct rundown to kind of grab people's attention, but it's certainly nowhere near the full story. And that's how you really understand the validity of how things are done. And there's not many people doing that. Yeah. I'm so really does that answer that question? No. Yeah, Sorry. Yes. Yeah. So basically. That was a long answer. Sorry. No, that's I'm good. I'm a big fan of the long answer. I'm just warning you. <laughs> Same Sorry, everyone. So essentially your friends and family were coming to you and saying, I want to use this product. Is it good? Is it bad? Can yeah, what's going me? to work for my skin? Yeah. You know, what? Yes, exactly. Does does this particular thing work? Does that particular thing work? And so it just kind of, you know, I've been looking at uh, cosmetic formulations, at ingredients, at the science of things as they've been developing for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, so you know and, what you're doing. Yeah. And so what I do um, is not based on brands or based, mm. you know, the, uh, there's not particular brands I love or particular brands I hate. I'm completely open to mm. every product from every brand. It's, um, it's purely based on ingredients and formulations and how they match what people are trying to achieve from their skin, which as you age, because my market is mainly 40 plus. Okay. Um, because those people, their skin is changing and they really can no longer afford to put stuff on their face and hope that something yeah. might just work at some point. They really, they're seeing changes and they want to 
prevent further changes and fix the things that they've got, that mm. they've perhaps accumulated through years of possibly not doing the right thing um, or years of photo damage. So, um, so that's really why I focus on that age group because I'm in that age group and I get that age group and I get all of those things and I get how important it is to actually be choosing things that work base millennials particularly and we all know that millennials actually prefer to get their information their healthcare information from the social space versus their health practitioner so you know there's a tendency for people to go there first it's easy it's accessible um but you know there's there's just some people who know what they're talking about and I guess it's being able to understand which people are offering an opinion and whether it's a something that's backed by promotional or sales activity and which people actually are presenting things in an authoritative way. And there are a few bloggers in that kind of science space that are very authoritative. So I think, you know, it's, it's really an issue of where you choose your information from. Mm. So it's a bit like, you know, when you're at school and you, or at uni and you do an assignment and you know you can't reference Wikipedia. Yes. It's it's the same with skincare, mm. you know, and it, you you start with the manufacturer's blurb. You look at the ingredients. Mm. There's some great on, online resources for analysing ingredients and products. Um, you know, there's Paula's Choice has a thing called Beautypedia. Um, there's there's many ingredient decoders out there. So you know, maybe mm. start with the products in an ingredient or the ingredients in a product. Mm -hmm maybe listen to some of the more authoritative bloggers in that science, that skincare science space, mm -hmm. and then try and match that up with your own skin goals because what works for someone is not going to work for everybody. Mm. So it's really understanding your own skin as well and what, you, what your most important goals are. Yeah. And so talking about understanding labels and, and you know, deciphering and going, trying to figure out marketing lingo, is there anything that we should kind of look out for? Oh my goodness! If it's something it's like overwhelming. What's, what's overpromising and what's and what's telling the okay, truth? Okay, so a red flag for me is where I see ingredients lists that might be 50, 60, 70 ingredients long. Mm. That's a red flag because when you buy a product, whatever the size of the container is. The bulk of that product is made up from the first five or six ingredients. Everything after that is present in small amounts. And because it's just science, there's no, well, there is a lot of science to it, but there's no magic to it. Mm. It's just a numbers game. And so when you understand what, what the studies are telling you, that there's particular concentration ranges that things are active in. Mm. And, you know, if you've got an enormously long list, mm. some of that stuff down the end... It's fairy dust. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, and it may not fall within the range that's actually active for your skin. So that's usually a red flag for me. When I see something that's, you know, 60 or 70 ingredients long, I start to get, you know, my radar mm. goes up. Mm -hmm. So that's usually the first indicator. Really overblown claims, you know, this will, your face will fall off and you'll grow a new one, you know, and there's yeah. there's a lot of stuff out there that claims to do all of that. Reverse 10 years. Right, yes, yeah. yes. Your your skin will be reborn overnight and there'll be vestal virgins singing on the mountaintops <laughs> and, you know, there's a lot of that stuff out yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. So you can usually kind of get a good read of things. Where where you end up in a kind of strange grey space is where things start to sound sciencey and look sciencey. You know, they've packaged, you know, yeah. kind of basic packaging. And, you know, some of those things, some of them are great, some of them are not so good. And you really, that's where you start to get into a grey area that's really hard for the average consumer to determine mm. what's going, what's actually going on. Exactly. Mm. And I think there's a move towards companies being much more transparent with their ingredients lists with the percentage of actives that they're putting in things. So I think that's a great, I think that's a great step forward. So how can we Look, in short, it's a minefield, sorry. It's, yes, no. Yeah, and which is why I exist because yes. it's just so difficult yeah. and it's okay if you're young. Yeah. You can kind of get away with experimenting and doing stuff but mm. once you hit the stage where biology is not your friend anymore, you might need help. Yeah. There's a lot of information to wade through. So I yes, guess. yes, and it's a time thing too. 
it's you know who's yeah, got I the want time now yeah I don't and have I, time I want to read that yes and I want I want results and I want no downtime mm. that's the other thing you know and, and you're always trying to balance that up for people mm. um you know and and once you end up in that probably 35 plus age group you've got little kids on your hands too and these women are busy they're back in the workforce they don't want to have to do any of that stuff yeah. they want someone to do it for them who understands what's going on and can do it in you know a tenth of the time yeah. that they can so um how can we shop smarter Ooh. do you have any practical tips or tricks for when you're in store and what should we look for and what should we maybe avoid Wow, I wish I had like a, um, uh, I wish I had a handbook us. for people yeah. to, so what, so what, not to do this as a sales pitch, but the reason I actually offer a membership is so that people can do exactly that. They have me in their pocket. Mm. So what they can do is they can, you know, they feel like, a, I want to buy a new face mask. I'm feeling a bit tired. I want to kind of jazz myself up a bit. They can go into a store and take a picture and send it to me and go, is this something I could be using? Will mm-hmm. this work for me? Yeah. So that's actually a really big benefit. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't got me in your pocket, I don't know what you do because you just have, you're just kind of in Weird. the wild. Yeah. I, it's or in the weeds. It's, mm. it's certainly not dependent on price. That's one thing you should never be swayed by. There are really great products that are really inexpensive and there are really great products that are really expensive. It's about knowing the difference in between. Mm. And, yeah, it's it's hard. Mm. Certainly don't be swayed by price. Don't be swayed by packaging. Some of the nicest things you can buy at the chemist, some of the, mm. you know, best kind of basic formulations that will actually perform what they say they're going to perform you can just buy at the chemist for less than twenty dollars it's just about knowing what those things are and that's that's where the really hard thing comes in because beauty and skincare is one of those things or, or or skincare is one of those things that's not just a science it's a funny paradox because it's also your beauty moment so sometimes you just want something in pretty packaging and sometimes you want things that actually perform And sometimes you want both. Yeah, Mm. it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a paradox. Mm. So, you know, some people don't often want the thing that's packaged in black and white at the chemist. They want the thing with the luxurious wrapping and the ribbons and the smells and all the things. They want the full sensorial experience. Mm. Just on scent, why is fragrance bad for your skin? Look, if so, immediately, fragrance is the biggest contact allergen in, in skincare worldwide. If you are one of those people that falls into the roundabout 20%, depending which paper you read, of people who have allergies to or contact allergy to fragrance, you just have to avoid that. Mm. I personally don't love it because it doesn't perform any function in skincare. And to my mind, if you've got a limited number of mils in your skincare container, you want to fill that with stuff that is actually going to do yes. something for your face. Mm. You don't necessarily, you know, you, you do run the risk of being one of those people who has a contact allergen or a contact allergy response or a contact irritation response. You, um, and, and that can change over time. It can change with pregnancy. It can change with illness. It can change with the amount of acids you're using on your skin if you're a scrubber, you know, mm. if you're like a good old, you know, multiple acids and the Ooh. physical exfoliant on your face if you overdo things. It definitely changes with age. So your skin as you age becomes drier and more permeable. So where you may not once once have been a person who had problems with fragrance, you can become that person. Um, so I just avoid it. I, I just think it's not helping anyone. I want maximum percentage of of things that are going to perform a function Mm -hmm. and in a vehicle, in a delivery vehicle that's going to be nice and kind to my skin and not, you know, I can't can't in good conscience recommend to my 40-plus women that they use a a product that's laden with fragrance because I can't guarantee that they're not going to have a reaction to it. Mm. And so we should look for fragrance-free formula on the packaging or you should just flip Mm. it over and if it says no, like what do we do? Okay, so, okay, this is a problem because... It's all a problem. I, I'm sorry. I'm trying to be a person who comes from a place of yes, but the questions you're asking me. Um, so fragrance, you can have, when you see the word fragrance or parfum written on skincare, that, so fragrance is considered a trade secret. So you don't, as a manufacturer, you don't actually have to declare what's what combination of 
fragrance ingredients make up your fragrance. Mm. It's often hundreds of different fragrances that make up the word fragrance written on your skincare or parfum. So there are 26 ingredients that are known that are usually volatile components of essential oils that are known to cause problems in most people. And they're typically written, they, they by law have to be written separately. Right. On the, so they have to be spelled out. They're things like geraniol, linalool, um, eugenol, citronellol, and they're listed separately. So, you know, you can, you can Google that, the 26 essential oil volatile components that have to be listed by law. Um, the other problem that you come across with fragrance is that fragrance, a fragrance ingredient won't just look like rose oil. So A, you've got your issue with something just called fragrance. You don't know what's in it. Yeah. So you don't know which particular component you might be allergic to. Mm. You then also, they can, they can hide in plain sight. So you can have something that might function as a preservative that's also a fragrance ingredient. So it will be listed as some other big long chemical name that you've never seen before or probably, you know, none of us can pronounce, but it's actually, it has a fragrance component to it as well the other thing is that cosmetics without most cosmetics without some kind of fragrance smell awful they smell you know if you smell lanolin Mm, it's that oily fatty that's what most cosmetics smell like without some kind of masking fragrance so those ingredients that hide in plain sight are often there to mask things so putting fragrance so putting skincare I know you know my customers my clients they'll put a bit of product on their hand and the first thing they yeah. do is bring it to their nose yeah. to smell it and if they can't smell anything they go okay that's got no fragrance but actually it's, it's, masking. it's masking yucky fragrance yeah. so mm. it's an it's another minefield yeah. so you know to the extent that you can know what those particular allergens are and look for them I think that's a great idea mm-hmm. you can look for the word fragrance you can look for the words fragrance free that's probably a good start okay okay mm. Oh. <laughs> and don't scrub your faces. Yeah. Yes. Why? Thing. Well, because you just you just as you as you get older, particularly you you want to preserve your skin barrier as much as you can because it's going to be breaking down and drying out anyway, and you expose yourself to it, it's called a barrier for a reason. Mm. It's to stop your that transepidermal water loss from where the from the water moving from the lower layers of your skin where it's where it's moister <laughs> had to get that word in and then evaporating off your skin and the skin barrier is there to stop that or to regulate that but it's also there to stop things because remember it's your external layer to the world it's how you face the world so it's about stopping things penetrating and to the extent that you scrub and break that down you're exposing yourself to things that should ordinarily stay on the outside getting down into your skin and stimulating the immune cells that float around in your skin looking for danger. Mm. And once you stimulate those, you set off a reaction, an inflammatory reaction, and that's when you end up in either an irritant dermatitis or allergic dermatitis. Right. Mm. Why is it important to understand our own skin and skin concerns rather than falling for cult products and or trends? Look, that's really hard because... I fall for cult products and trends. Yeah. I think they're incredibly alluring, which is great. You know, that appeals to our side of, you know, imagining ourselves as a gorgeous yeah. supermodel. Um, it's just important because you could, you could buy anything. It's important to know what your skin priorities are, what type of things you respond best to, what types of things you don't respond best to, and just what you're trying to achieve with your skin. Otherwise, you just create problems for yourself, mixing things and doing a bit of at-home alchemy. Yeah, Yeah. you can actually create a a problem. And do you think because, you know, in recent years with the rise of serums and Korean skincare and everyone layering and layering and use this serum Mm -hmm. morning and this serum night that we've created? A monster. We've created a monster. I see so many people who come to me in exactly that situation and they've started what they think is a process to improve their skin and in actual fact they're red and they're inflamed and you know their pores are more apparent as a result of all of that Mm. it's doing the exact opposite 
because they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. They're not chemical formulators. They're not mm. cosmetic formulators themselves. And, you know, it's so easy to just buy a whole lot of stuff and mix it up and think that you're doing the right thing. But mm. so many people I see exactly in that boat. I yeah. also find as a beauty editor, I meet so many people, obviously, mm. like from cosmetic chemists to facialists, whatever, and everybody tells you something different. Mm-hmm. Everyone who looks at your skin is like, no, you shouldn't do this. No, you shouldn't do that. No, you should be using this ingredient. And then with respect, like, with complete and utter respect, because people have to make a living, that all comes with a sales strategy. Mm. Very often you, you'll be, you'll, if you see a therapist who has a particular set of products, they have to fit your skin concern to the products that they have available. Mm. And that's what they will do. Now, the quality of those products is, you know, anybody's guess. So it's you you have to try and move beyond the sales strategy mm. to to move into a space where you're actually, you know, you've got every product available to you and some that aren't even available that you can, you know, go and see a dermatologist and get things compounded especially for you. Um, I think that's why, and it's so confusing because everybody has an opinion and everybody has very different levels of understanding Mm -hmm. and training and um, education in terms of what it is they're trying to sell. Mm -hmm. And some of that training comes directly from the manufacturers themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's there's all of those things all tied up together to create something. There's a bias inherent in all of that. So, and I say that with complete respect because, you know, I, I, everybody's entitled to make a living. Um, a lot of our listeners are or prefer clean beauty mm-hmm. where possible. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on efficacy? Look, it depends. Clean is one of those kind of vague terms that doesn't. It's not really a meaningful term in term in in the sense of it, it's. It could mean different things to different people. What about if we're saying naturals? Look, it's not all natural things are actually effective or good for you mm. um, and not all synthetic things are effective or good for you. It's it's purely dependent on the ingredient and the amount of research and the quality of the research that's gone in, that, that's behind it. So, for example, the bakuchiol. Mm-hmm. It's a plant-based <laughs> blah, 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 you know. Um, retinol alternative without the irritation. I actually find that really exciting because I think there's going to be a huge number of people who want to start on an over-the-counter retinol and that presents a really viable opportunity. But the science is so scant. Mm. And, you know, I think we've talked about this before, that there's, there's, there's one study that says... Look, it did all of this stuff, and it's a retinol analog, and it binds to the same receptors, and it does all this stuff. Mm. There's equally another study that says, you know, with hideous pictures of some person with horrendous contact dermatitis as a result of using bakuchiol. But nobody, you never hear about that study. And also, wasn't the study that was positive only tested on twelve Korean women? Correct. And then then all these other brands started formulating based off that science, and then they made out this big thing that this was a new retinol. And Ash and I were like, "Amazing! Yes, we're doing natural retinol. It's so good. Yes, yes. It's (laughs) totally, it totally (laughs) comes down to the science. Yes, and what, where, have things been tested on?" skin cells in the lab, which is an important pipeline in terms of testing stuff and in terms of understanding what the mechanism is of something working, often you do need to do, well, you do need to do that part, but you you also need to test it on human skin at some point mm-hmm. and you need to show results. You need to show yes because the thing with cosmetics is that they need to get to where it is they need to do their business in the right concentration to actually do some business. Right. So um, you actually have to show that that happens somehow and that's pretty hard sometimes in human skin. But you also then need to show that, yes, we're putting that on our face to produce a change in appearance and that we got that change in appearance. Mm -hmm. And you can't have one without, to my mind, the best where things are really well supported is where they've got all of those studies. You know how it works and it produces the desired result, a change in appearance somehow in line with the thing that you set out to test. Mm -hmm. That's... You know, I would want to see both. Mm-hmm. And, and those studies need to be also well conducted and powerful enough in terms of their sample size to be meaningful. Right. Mm. 
not so, just one or two people. Well, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. And has there been, is there an ingredient that has done that well, has done it well? Is that like retinol is proven to make? Retinoic acid, yes, yeah. 100%. So kind of, and then maybe like a vitamin C. And a vitamin C, L-ascorbic yeah. acid, yes. That's kind of it. Yes, 100%. So, you know, there's, there's, a, there's quite a few others, but that science of, you know, and I really want that science to advance of the natural products because I do feel there's a place for that. Um, you know, as long as also the other consideration is that those products need to be obtained in a sustainable fashion. There's no point wanting clean yes. if you're cutting down forests to get mm. to clean. Um, you know, I just there's a place for that, and I think at this point it's more marketing than anything else. But I do hope that the science of that becomes a lot more advanced because mm. there is definitely a place for that. And I think clean as a clean, I think has it's become a thing. It's, it's yeah. having a moment as a backlash to the chemicals. Some, yes, or yeah. well, to the science yeah. because it's become so overwhelming. There's so much choice. You know, everyone wants to be a scientist and read ingredient mm. lists and it's just so overwhelming yeah. that people want to go into a shop and they want to go, oh, thank God, that says olive oil and vitamin C. Yeah. I know what that is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. And they I wanna... think that's why it's it's become it's plain English. Mm. They want to cut back to basics. Yeah. yeah. But that's it's a response. But it's it's, it's a symptom. There's yeah. a there's a lot of scare like like, fear mongering. Yeah, I'm mm. like I could get cancer off that, so I'm not using it anymore. There's a lot of fear mongering. Yeah. Yes, that's and it's a shame. Mm. It's a shame because I think the message gets a bit lost in yeah. all of the fear mongering. People yeah. who sell things off the back of fear is just yet another sales strategy. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Let's mm. switch up. Please. Okay, can we can we talk about something positive? Okay. Oh, <laughs> sorry, so far I'm like doom time. and gloom. Yeah, I'm we've sorry. got the science out of the way. Oh, thank God for that. Uh, what products are in your? Oh, see, I knew that team? was coming because yeah. everybody asks me that. Yes. And what I actually did an Instagram post on this the other day because so many people want to know what I use, and it, look, to be honest, it changes all the time, uh-huh. and it's really boring. Um, it changes because I like to, when I've done all my research on stuff and research on ingredients and then a formulation that's actually going to be effective, I find products that work within that range and then I test them on myself, mm. not from the point of view of effectiveness because that's already been done by the time it gets to me. I like to just understand their look and feel and how the container works and how quickly it takes for something to arrive you know, from wherever it's produced, all that kind of stuff so that when I recommend it to people, I know all of those things and I can say, look, this is a great product but sometimes, the you know, you need to, you might need to send it back because the pump doesn't work or it's going to take six weeks to get here but it's worth it. So just those kind of things, just the logistics of stuff. Um, so it does change a little bit but the core ingredients for me, the core routine involves a really mild basic cleanser. Sometimes that's a slightly foaming one. Sometimes it's a, I'm having a love affair with milk cleansers at the moment just mm-hmm. because I don't know why. I'm just enjoying that. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, my core routine involves a gentle cleanser, a vitamin C, an antioxidant serum, a prescription retinoic acid, mm-hmm. and a really basic moisturiser mm-hmm. that's just kind of emollient and humectant um, and occlusive, which is what a moisturiser needs to do. Okay. And, and that's Can you give it. us one brand name? Yeah, I can. Um, one brand name. All right. <laughs> or two. Well, there's one vitamin C that I use all the time that never changes, and that's the SkinCeutical C Ferulic. Mm-hmm. That never changes. Which because everybody has the same, yeah. They should be. Yeah. Mm. They should be. It's, it's extremely effective. The science really stacks up. It doesn't, you know, it's actually anti-inflammatory versus causing irritation. Um, it's... It's the bee's knees. And it's expensive. And it's, but it's expensive, worth it. but it's worth it. And okay. it's actually the one really expensive thing that I recommend mm-hmm. that's worth it. Mm. You don't you don't have to spend that kind of money to get effectiveness in other things. Okay. But okay, I and, it, know and it pairs well. Use. It pairs well with it's really great post procedure. So people in that forty plus age group, you know, they're having lasers, they're having right. um peels they're having that kind of thing because the skin doesn't behave any longer in terms of the cell turnover and the exfoliation the desquamation like a young skin so they're having things to help that along having procedures to 
help those things. So the vitamin C pairs really nicely with that. Um, which milk cleanser do I love? Um, it's one of the Biologique Recherche oh. ones. What I think about? it's Lay VIP 2 Go for it. And sunscreen. Did I say sunscreen? Not yet. Oh, my God. We need to get right into yeah. sunscreen. Yeah, that's, that's okay. Are we going to? Okay. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the I can't believe I didn't lotion. miss. I, I actually have a Chanel brooch. I know. That's, that's what I'm, I'm so, I'm so <laughs> epically. Like, wait till you see. Yes. I'm so epically <laughs> obsessed with sunscreen. I can't believe I missed that out. Who even am I? Okay. Sorry. Question? Um, I want to know your thoughts on the PCC lotion. Oh, look, it's a nice exfoliant. It's a lovely, gentle exfoliant. That's all you'll say. Yeah, yeah that's all I need to say. <laughs> what else do I need to say? Okay, and what about a good humectant um, moisturiser? Oh, humectant moisturiser. Well, do you want a humectant or do you want a moisturiser or do you want both? Both. Well, I mean, I'm a big fan of from, from a really great, well-formulated, very tolerable, very effective moisturiser. Uh, any of the La Roche-Posay Tolarian range suits mm. me and everybody down to the ground. Yeah. And, you know, there's multiple different formulations that are all fragrance-free. They have different levels of different weights and textures and things mm. that will suit anybody, and they do exactly a job that a moisturiser should do. Brilliant. And cheap and at the supermarket and at And, you know, yeah, exactly, available. exactly, Priceline. Yeah. Exactly. No, I'm a big fan of the Tolarian range. Mm. Awesome. Mm. We'll jump back into your... I also like P.S. Augustinus Beta, but, um, oh. yeah, you know, if you want to spend a fortune on your moisturiser. Keeping that on the record. Is that the one that Gwyneth loves? No, it's on oh. violet grey. Yes, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I actually quite like so that stuff. That. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a, it's does the trick. There mm. you go. Favourite SPF sunscreen. Oh, my God. Let's okay, talk let's talk sunscreen. Let's All right. So... Depending on what journal paper you read and what study you look at, it's widely regarded that that photo damage, so damage from UV radiation, is responsible for somewhere between 70 and 90% of ageing, extrinsic ageing, so ageing as a result of external aggressors. So it's funny because I saw someone yesterday who was doing very little with her skin other than wear sunscreen and she was like oh I'm so embarrassed that you're looking at this and I said no 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 I said you're actually doing more for your skin than someone who I think she was cleansing and using sunscreen as a moisturizer mm. of day and I said to her you're doing more for your skin than somebody who does 15 steps and doesn't wear sunscreen Amazing. that's how important it is so you just you want to use a high factor so a high SPF so I tend to use a 50 just because people never apply enough. Mm. Not never. All of my people apply enough. <laughs> um, and so the higher factor, you know, I guess the chances are that it's going to, you, you might get that coverage. The only exception to that is if it's a mineral sunscreen because the higher the SPF, the more ghostly you know you can get that kind of ghosting and yes so you might actually if you're using enough of an spf 30 if it if it's because there's less mineral content in it and you're going to wear the right amount of that that might be preferable okay but i usually try and get an spf 50 um you have to apply enough of it which is how much a quarter of a teaspoon just to your face so i recommend people go to the kitchen and get their little measuring spoon or buy one because, you know, do millennials have yes. measuring spoons in the kitchen? They do. Oh, Steph does. Oh. She, she made one cake once. Okay, good. Well, now you can use your measuring spoon again to measure <laughs> out your sunscreen. Slide. Yay. Okay, good. <laughs> what was that? I'm letting it slide. Okay, good. Okay. Um, you know, like I'm 50. I've got to get, you know, I've got to make some jokes at age expense <laughs> yeah, somehow, no, right? Because no. usually they're directed towards me. So, um, so um, you, you actually want to... You actually want to measure that out and see what that looks like and then try and get that just on your face because it's actually, you'll have a moment where you'll just go, wow, that is a lot of sunscreen. Not even neck included? No, no, that's another quarter of a teaspoon. Yeah. So, yeah, you have to wear enough of it. So I think, so the, 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 the TGA works out the SPF rating or the SPF rating is worked out by applying two milligrams per square centimetre to test skin. Most people apply 0.5 milligrams. So if you so if you've got an SPF 50, 
that's been given an SPF 50 because they've applied 2 milligrams per square centimetre. If you apply the 0.5 milligrams per square centimetre, you end up with an SPF of about 2. Oh, my God. Mm. So it makes a huge difference how much you apply. Mm. So you you really need to get enough on it and you need to reapply it. Right. So the physical sunscreens, the mineral-based sunscreens, are much more photostable than the chemical sunscreens. Um, so you, but it's it's a trade-off because they're often much more cosmetically elegant, I suppose, than the mineral sunscreens. Yeah. Although that's changing. You know, there's a lot of research going into making sunscreens more photostable and less chalky. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just more wearable. Um, say something else but it's gone oh yeah the chemical ones tend to be more associated with irritation so people who say oh my god put the sunscreen on and it burns or it burns my eyes or whatever move to a mineral and see how that works Mm -hmm. okay but yeah it's a not it's a non-negotiable and you need to reapply it as well spf look it's they say every two hours if you sit beside a window because uv comes through glass if you if you're out and about I, I tend to not stick to the two-hour thing just because my office is inside. I don't have a window. Mm. Um, but, you know, if I'm heading out to do lunch or go to the post office or whatever, I'll put another lot on. Really? Yes. And I just pat it on over the top of makeup. I don't wear much makeup, but yeah. so it's kind of okay for me. But I just – I have some at my desk and I just – and I also, in my car, I drive – I have SPF or UPF sleeves that I can just – slide on in the car because that's much nicer than applying sunscreen and getting it yeah, everywhere yeah. especially in Queensland mm, of mm. Course. Mm. and hands backs of hands yes. backs of hands or the UPF sleeves come right down mm. to where your fingers start so where do you get those from uh, I use a brand called Solbari S-O-L-B-A-R-I they just buy them online and they have a whole array of different things that wow. you can cover up with mm. you could really go to town if you wanted to you may. You may. Yeah. After listening After to this, this. Yeah. you may. I'm sorry to scare you. No. No, you. It's it's I'll buy just. You a teaspoon set. <laughs> don't. I don't need it. Well, but I do I love. <laughs> I love the. I love the concept. I really love what the ultraviolet girls are doing mm. because yeah. they have a really great, a really great set of products. But that what they're doing is they're taking the narrative away from sunscreen as something that you wear when you go and play sport. Yeah, or, or go to the, to the beach. beach or go yeah. to the pool. They're taking that narrative away because the research indicates that it's these cumulative non, they call it sub-erythemal, so sub-redness, so non-sunburn doses of UV mm. exposure that actually contribute to both um, skin cancer formation and ageing. Right. So it's the, it's the everyday stuff, the yeah. walking to the train, waiting mm. for the bus, mm. driving your car, going out and getting a wrap at lunch. It That's the stuff that over time contributes. Mm. So, And I really love their narrative because they're turning sunscreen into a beauty product. Yes. Which, look, I mean the big picture here, the really big important picture is melanoma and non-melanoma skin cancer. That's the big picture. Ageing is not going to kill you. Well, actually it does. <laughs> 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 but you know what I mean. Yes. yes. Um, but to actually try and sell people that level of protection as a beauty product you know, appealing to people's vanity, I suppose, mm. is actually going to be much more successful, I think, yeah. than telling, you know, people in their 20s that just they're going to die, slack. right? Oh, yeah, because yeah. yeah. they just... go down a cancer council and buy an SPF 50 in a tube and whack it on your face, you're yeah. never going to do it. Yeah. Mm. So These really... are chic products, they do yep. what they say Correct. they do and they Correct. educate you. If you wear enough of it. Mm. Yeah, so I really, I actually really support what they're doing because mm. I think that's a really valuable narrative in Australia who has the highest rates of skin cancer in the world. Mm. And some of the worst photo damage. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I got my photos done the other day. Oh, shit. I don't want to know. Yeah, what? It's really bad. My, my Your face, face is flawless. Isn't no, it? Not, no, not. You should have seen it. Yeah. Yeah, it was really yeah. bad. But okay. I think we're all the same. Like, I'd be so much worse than you. Like, growing up at Nippers. I'm like, yeah. my mum and dad oh, probably yeah. good. But, like, also my dad's European. He tans. He never wears sunscreen. That's just the way that mm. they were. And my mum yeah. used to tan. I used to lay out on our balcony and cover myself with cooking oil, spray-on cooking oil. Yeah. Okay. And like, how dark can I get? I have nothing. I know. And now I have like, nothing oh but God, I have nothing but I, I have nothing but judgment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm judging myself. I'm judging myself. I did exactly the same things. Yes, we all did. Yeah. We all did. So bad. There's also some really good research though that, well, it's new research that 
indicates that you can actually, if it's never too late to stop using, to start using sunscreen. So you can just on that note of, you know, we all kind of baked ourselves and people, often people kind of my age think, well, I, I baked myself for years. There's no point even yeah, starting yeah. now because the damage is done. Mm. You can actually, yes, you can prevent future damage, but there seems to be some emerging science that you can actually reverse damage by wearing sunscreen, wow. a high factor sunscreen regularly and wow. enough of it. Yep. That'd be great. great. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So it is never too late to start. But it's interesting as you get older, you notice like even the other day I was um, getting changed and I went, oh, I haven't seen those freckles before. Mm-hmm. But those freckles are there from the, like I got mm-hmm. burnt 10 years mm-hmm. ago mm-hmm. and it's just every year I feel like more, more crop more. up yep. in different places. But you know that um, Instagram, that little Instagram thing, I often see it, uh, the best skincare in your 50s is wearing sunscreen in your 20s. Yes. Mm, yeah, I love that yeah, one because I just, I mean, it's everywhere and it's a bit overdone, but yeah, no, it's, it's actually, it's, yes. what actually, you're saying Jennifer is. Jennifer Garner said that at a, a rally for college students, I think. Oh, did she? Yeah, which oh, is great. I like her. Yeah, yeah. We should, we'll pull that up. Yeah, mm. yeah, I like her. All right. I like her more now. <laughs> and Even better. your favourite SPF or the one that oh, you use? Oh, okay. Them? Look, it varies like everything. There, I've, I have a few. I actually quite like, um, I prefer chemical sunscreens. They just work on me. I find them much more tolerable, tolerable, easy to apply. I like, well, of course, the ultraviolet ones. Uh, Mecca to save face, SPF 50 plus. There's an Alpha H one, the daily uh-huh. protector one with the little invisibility tint in it. Um, the La Roche-Posay. And Teleos, that's fantastic. And the tinted the, one is good. Yes, oh. yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you can you can actually wear sunscreen as your moisturizer as well. Mm-hmm. So if you're um, if you worry about putting moisturizer and then sunscreen and feeling all greasy and revolting, you can actually just try wearing your moisturizer as your sunscreen as a moisturizer, uh, because a lot of sunscreens have a really lovely vehicle in that they they're moisturizing. Mm. You can't wear moisturizer as a sunscreen. No. No. It has to be a TGA registered sunscreen Mm -hmm. and you want to look for the SPF 50 the little plus sign that just means it's actually been tested to SPF 60 just to account for any testing variances so you actually want to or at least SPF 60 Mm -hmm. it can actually be like SPF 160 I don't know but you know it's that's the kind of thing you want to look for and you can actually search the therapeutic goods register to see if your sunscreen's listed Mm -hmm. And if it is, that means it's a primary therapeutic sunscreen, which means it's actually going to do, if you apply enough of it, it's actually going to do what it says it's doing. That's good. Mm. Um, I think we already know the answer to this, but is there a one-size-fits-all product that everyone should own or needs to try? Well, sunscreen. Oh, yeah. Mm. Apart from sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> A one-size-fits-all product. Look, I do, given the given the amount of photo damage and photo ageing that happens here, I, of course, would say a vitamin C. Mm-hmm. And I know it's really buzzy right now to have a vitamin C, but I think it's probably worth doing under your sunscreen to just, um, just provide that extra layer of protection, antioxidant protection against UV damage and just normal kind of cellular activity um, oxidation. I think, um, yeah, I think that's probably, if I had mm. to pick one other than sunscreen, okay. everybody probably needs a, a vitamin, vitamin C. C. Remember, though, I mean, keep it in perspective. I know it's really buzzy right now, uh, vitamin C is everywhere and doing all these fabulous things, but it's only one antioxidant. It's a good one, but it's only one. You, There are multiple other antioxidants. So finding a really well-formulated antioxidant moisturiser or antioxidant serum that you can put on at night perhaps is also a good idea. Mm-hmm. You want multiple things working on, yeah. Okay. Is there any technology or treatments that you swear by? Oh, yes. My new favourite. Mm. Um, it's called different names in different places, but essentially it's beauty boosters or is that dermal fillers no well is it it kind of is so is it's it volite thing volite i have it some i think it's i think we're talking about the same mm. thing so it's a little um vessel that you can put different ingredients in often hyaluronic mm. acid okay. and it's got micro it's got little needles that come out the bottom 
that have microchannels. And so they stamp it all over your face and they can basically inject hyaluronic acid down into the into the dermal layer. Is that skin needling? No. Skin that's a, stamping. No. That's just oh. needles. This actually as you as you put it on your face. So you do it yourself. It does it all no, God oh. no. No. <laughs> I don't do anything myself. Um no, so it actually gives you a really beautiful you can put Botox in it as well. So you get these oh. little micro doses of Botox that are really amazing on pores somehow um no they just stamp it all over your face oh if you've got a if you've got a phone we'll pull oh, it up yeah. but um so it's just it's basically just a little chamber with little needles a little round chamber that looks like a little glass tube um there's there's a version of it called aqua gold fine touch micro injections of dermal filler that are injected into the skin rather than under the skin. Mm. So there's so they don't replace volume. So so dermal fillers oh. replace lost volume. That's cool. Or they replace volume that wasn't there in the first place. So it's not like that. So you're not going to come out like you, you don't go and have beauty boosters to get cheekbones. Mm. You, it's it's hydration. It's, it's, it's tiny little doses. Yes, it's hydration. It's mm. about injecting that into a place where it will actually not degrade into the places where it normally hangs right. out in the skin and will pull water towards it. So you get this really nice um, glowy bit of business. And I think, how long does it last, do you think? Well, so you, well, I don't know because I only had one, mm. but you have one every two weeks and then, which is kind of your loading dose, and then you have one every six months. Oh, amazing. So it's meant to be just like continual. It sounds yeah. Amazing. It's like injectable moisturiser if you want to think okay. about it that way. But yeah. it's not injectables in terms of filler. No, no, no. It's not no, a no, it's, no, no, it's completely different. Yeah. It's like okay. a little stamper, yes. a little glass vial that's, you know, an inch tall with the little micro-channel needles on it. That's really cool. Yeah. It is. It's actually very cool. Mm. It's very cool. Very, I've never heard of that. Very, very little downtime. Um, you know, you get a bit red. You get little – sometimes you get little tiny – Pin pin dot bruises which go away, but did it hurt? Yeah, I can't lie, it hurt. Oh, mm. as much as Botox or filler, or not as much. Well, Botox is really stingy, mm. um, and filler's got anesthetic, got local anesthetic in it, so that doesn't hurt. It's um, yeah, just a mm, weird. It hurts, mm. Mm. but worth it. The next time I try yeah. it, it look, it's not, it's not the worst thing you'll ever mm. have. But it's all over your face. Mm. And if you're one of those people that sneezes, you know when you get your eyebrows waxed and you sneeze, you're going to – lots of people. I'm one of those people. Oh. Yeah. Um, you, you're going to sneeze your way through that part of things. Oh, but wow. they like they stamp it all over your face. Do they go over again? Is, is yeah. that where yeah. they – Yeah, they can. Do. Yeah. Mm. Over and over. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> not just the ones. Look, it makes your eyes water, put it that way. It's not the worst thing you'll ever have done. It's and it's quick. Do you want to look beautiful or not? Yeah. Right? You know, I feel yeah. like make a choice, people. Yeah. Pain is beauty. Yeah. 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 But it's not like it's your eyes water. Mm-hmm. It's not pleasant, but it's not hideous. Not getting your vagina waxed. Or is it? No, that's bad. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Who, yeah. who even does that anymore? I know, we, I know but I mean, no. We, we, no. Nobody even does that. It. Yeah. No. Yeah. Until lasers yeah. got invented and, lasers, and then, yeah, yeah just superseded all of that. Wax below the belt. Ooh. Ooh. Let's. I shouldn't even need to worry about those things, right? <laughs> I'm in my 50s. I shouldn't even be thinking about those kind of things. Why? I got like, what? <laughs> Heaps of time. <laughs> okay. This is now going to a place yeah. I don't want to go. <laughs> Heaps of time. Okay. Oh, oh my god, I just came out wrong. Yep. And I didn't want to say you look amazing for your age because that's condescending. No, too, I. It? You know, I actually hate that term. Okay. I just think you either look amazing or you don't. Okay. You know, yeah. like it's got nothing to do with your age. Yeah. You can look amazing no matter what age True. you are. Yeah. And I actually you can look bad for your age too if you're young. Correct. You don't. Right. It's not. It's not. It's completely independent of age. You either mm. look amazing, and that's not really anything to do with skin. It's to do with your energy mm. and your. And, and energy is like an mm. internal thing. I sound really kind of no. We we Some people radiate from their eyes. Like yeah, yeah. It's and that's you can do that at ninety or you can do that at nine. It's mm. completely age independent. Yeah. And I know, like, all of my clients are in that age group, and you know, we're amazing. Yeah. We know what we want. We make no apologies for that. No. Good. Yeah, it's great. It's actually a really good space to be it is actually really good because there's no hang-ups 
You get rid of, you don't care what people think. Mm. You get rid of all of that stuff. It's fantastic. I highly rate it. Mm. Gets better every year. But, but you know, like. Keeps getting better. Yeah. After you have kids. Okay. There's some there's some years. There's some, there's some, year, there's some years in there that are really hard. <laughs> um, okay, because we're running out of time. Okay, good. All right. Ooh, one we're, habit you wish women did more or less of. Oh, magnifying mirrors. Put those oh, away. Okay. That's oh, one. that's a good one. Put them less away. Of. Okay. Yeah. And the tweezers Once that go you with start it. Picking, you can't stop. Right? You can turn like something that was nothing <laughs> into a crater. In seconds, just mm. leave it alone mm-hmm. or just take a step Bye-bye. back. Now, okay, I need to put a caveat on that because if you're 50 or over, your eyes don't work as well anymore and you need one of those things. Just yeah. to, but you just do like a check to make sure you've like rubbed in all your concealer and then you leave. You mm-hmm. put it in the drawer and walk away. Put the magnifying mirror down. Not for studying, yeah. No, not for obsessing. Mm. Put it down. Mm. Pores are not that big in real life. True. Mm. Things may look smaller than they appear. That's right. <laughs> In the mirror. Oh, whatever. Yeah. How do you feel about supplements for skin, collagen mm-hmm. or blends? Yes, I'm happy with that. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. You are what you eat? Yeah, I partake. You are 100% what you eat. Mm. And your, your, it, it, your lifestyle, you know, your exercise, stress reduction, mm. what you eat, it all plays out on your skin. Right. You can, you know, I think collagen supplements, but I think anybody really knows how they work. But they work. They reduce no, wrinkles. Yeah. So go with it. Right. Don't put collagen on your face, though. It doesn't do anything when you apply it topically. Okay. Yeah. Good. No point. It's hydrating. That's about it. Okay. Yeah. Um, one product or ingredient you want us to avoid? Mm. Or would this be where over-exfoliating comes in? Oh, yeah. I just went – in my mind, I went straight there. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. And, you know, you can over-exfoliate in a range of different ways. You can do it with one of those microfiber cloths. Yeah. You can do it with a, with a flannel. You know, mm-hmm. if you can do it with scrub, you can do it with acids. It's with your swipies. With oh. your swipies. You know, it's just, you just need to be gentle with your face. Faces, skin responds to gentle. Mm. Yeah. Quick word association. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm going to close my eyes. Okay. So I, really, I literally will say the first thing. that I have no yeah, filter. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, really, I have so no where filter. Are we now? Yeah. I don't even know. You're running a risk. All right. Okay. First word. Retinol. I just need to give you a word. Like when you say retinol, any word? What provokes you, yeah. Anti-aging. Okay. Beautiful. Eye cream. Useless. Yes. I knew you'd say that. What was the word we said? Um, Redundant. Unnecessary. Oh, Oh, that's a much more well um, (laughs) elicited, well-educated word. I like that, yes. Good. Irritation. Um, Not mandatory. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, yeah. that's the thing. People think if it burns or tickles or tingles or whatever that means, mm. and the it just means of. it mm. just means irritation. Mm. It's not a good thing. Mm. Acne can come back anytime. Mm. It can. I feel like we did mm-hmm. more, but we didn't write more. What's on the top of your oh tip of my tongue? Keep hitting me. Um, 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 um. Botox. Can you join in. <laughs> Very personal. Oh. Yes, I think. You know, people often ask me about pretox, whether that's yes, a good thing. Yes, like, yes, yeah. and which is kind of in the realm of Botox. Mm. I think if something's bothering you and you've got a really trusted person who will tell you no if they think you're overdoing it, then you can have Botox whenever you want. Mm-hmm. It's a personal choice. And some people want it and some people don't want it. It's completely individual. There's just no, it's just not a judgy judgmental situation it's whatever Mm. whatever you want at whatever time you want as long as you're happy Mm -hmm. and as long as you're not doing it to make yourself happy there's all of that wrapped up in it as well yeah what about face oils because we're both obsessed oh okay they're nice no (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that at all if I thought they were bad I'd say no they're bad don't use those you know everybody I've heard lots of different opinions about face oils I can't see any reason not to use them. If you want a little bit more of an emollient, there's no reason not to put a couple of drops of face oil on or in your moisturiser or Mm -hmm. like I just can't. 
fragrant face oils maybe not so much and it is hard to get a good face oil that's not fragrant there's a few really good ones out there like the votary one Mm. is fantastic they have fragrance versions too but you know just and and remember if you're doing a face oil get a blend of oils not just a one note oil okay it's like vitamin c it's just one note you Mm. your skin is a really complicated multifactorial organ it needs things Not all lay it on together in 10 steps, yeah. pat it in with the butterfly effect. More is not Or what more. about gua sha? Oh, I don't really know enough about gua sha to have any kind of informed opinion about gua sha. If it's improving circulation, I can't see why it's a bad thing. I don't think, you know, if you're 55 and suffering from volume loss mm. and skin laxity and all of those things, I don't think a gua sha is going to be your thing. No. It's not, it's not, you know, it's just another addition is that what they're meant to do is that yeah, a, lymph, a, lymph draining. Oh, yeah oh lymph draining yeah probably yeah, there's a bit of yeah and... yeah okay and then what about jade rolling yeah for product penetration oh look it's just a nice thing to do if you've got time which no one does no and no. my people don't have time they just want to put stuff on and go they want to put stuff on and know it's going to work and go and you know there's an enormous research effort that goes into getting a product to penetrate your skin right enormous Mm. because your skin is a barrier right Mm. so you just kind of have to if you get a good formulation that's what it's designed to do it's designed to penetrate and I don't necessarily I I don't really know enough about rollers I just think they're a nice add-on and they're nice when you put them in the fridge just disinfect them yeah that's a big thing yeah kind of is and you don't need to do anything fancy I don't think you just need to wash (laughs) them with soap and water and put it in the sun for a bit don't you like yeah 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 True or false time? Oh, okay. All right. One bad product will derail my entire routine. Yep. True. 100% true. It's called sunscreen. Yeah. One drying cleanser. Yep. One over scrubby. Yep. We've already done this one. I need 11 steps for it to actually work. No. No. How many steps? Well, you've only used like five. It depends on the formulation. Mm. You know, it depends how many and how much time you've got and how much money you've got and how much, you know, all that stuff. Mm. You can have 15 steps if you want to, if your skin will tolerate it. Not necessary though. Mm. Not necessary to have good skin to have all of that. Right. Most rosehip oils on the market are already rancid. I know nothing about that. Is that a thing? Is that something that's where I heard it? And ever since I've heard it, I won't let it go. I was like, I don't think that's true. And she was like, I'm not going to ask her. <laughs> and everyone with a face, don't buy it, it's off. Okay, no, I'm going to go away and find out for you oh, and you can put a little something, a, describe- a something on the end to say, yeah, I'm going to go away and find out because I actually you. know nothing about that. I haven't even you heard that. Me too. But Kelsey's like, I'm telling you no. I don't think you I'm either. bypassing your authority and being like, see, you I don't just, listen to the experts. I feel like it was a rumour and then they they – dealt with it i think there's something to do with if the color is because because it changes color because mm. it's so volatile mm. people freak out and think it's rancid when mm. it's not okay well there's a bit of that that does the rounds but they're all a bit different yeah mm. you know and it's hard to tell because people put colors in things mm. yeah, so it's true so you know that that electric color i don't know i don't use rosehip oil i don't know much about <laughs> rosehip oil to be so perfectly be honest like i don't so. think so no i think it's a very lovely oil but it's usually mixed in with lots of other oils. So, you know, I've never used an electric colour rosehip oil, I have to say. I'm going to find scary. out for you, though, I Thank promise. You. I will put that to bed for you one way or the Thank other. You. Okay. I don't think it – look, you know, my sensible self says that's not true, but mm. I'm going to. I love that I've held on to it for so long yeah. and I carry it you with know, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think don't that's – Don't put that oil on your face. Yeah. No, I think – let's see if we can help you out. Okay. Yeah. Let's debunk. Mm. Yeah. Here. Mm. Yeah, let's mm. do that. If we can, I might come back. You know me. I'm like sometimes I'm not all good news. I might come back and go, oh, my God, every rosehip oil on the market is rancid. I don't think it is. It's just me. But we're going to find out. Okay. And then the last one, which is a bit bluff, but I feel like our listeners would be intrigued. Yeah. have to use a mask every week. No. You can if you want to. Do you think masks even do anything? Yeah, they do, depending on the mask. And also it's a lovely self-care moment. Mm, You can do your self-care Sunday. Mm -hmm. It's a lovely thing to do. And I think the benefits of that in terms of stress release Mm. are lovely on Mm. your skin. And some masks are amazing Mm -hmm. 
you know, in, in terms of um, hydration in particular. I don't think you have to do it, mm. but if you want to do it it's, mm. and you get a good mask, I think go for your life. Sorry, that was my story. Oh, <laughs> I think that's all we've got. Oh, yay. Is yeah. there anything else you want to add? I feel like. Oh, God, I think we covered everything. Yeah. I'm exhausted. Yeah, we did. Are you? Yeah. Thank you. We could do a series of these. <laughs> we should. Well, fun. you know, we like if people have questions, mm. we could gather up some questions and see if people. Yeah, were. if you have questions, um, hit us up with yeah. Dr. Michelle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we can do a little Q&A yeah, thing. Can that you record nice. things at a distance if I'm not in Sydney? Yeah, sure. I'm, we yeah. sure can. Yeah, okay, well. I we won't do be that. the one answering any of the questions <laughs> this time. No, you just yeah. handball them to me <laughs> yeah. and I'll see what I'll I can do. And I have to go, obviously I've got to go. And if, you know, can you let me know what all the, like, the new trends are? Because, yes. yeah, investigate. Yeah, yeah. Um, putting AHA on your scalp, that was something I saw recently. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. <gasps> Yeah, exfoliating your scalp, that's a new thing. Oh, we just use a scalp scrub, wouldn't you, that's made for, like, no, hair. Yeah, but no, AHA is on your scalp. I'm not willing to comment on that one just yet. That's obviously come from the your face doesn't stop at your forehead. Forehead. Yes. And there's a, there, I read something the other day, which was a scientific study that mm-hmm. because your when your for, when your scalp ages, that's what can cause facial sagging and wrinkles in the forehead because it's like an ongoing effect. <laughs> You're looking at me like I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, I'm just having a really strong visual. Yeah. Um, Do you, you sagging? But if you kind it, of <laughs> pulling my brain yeah, out of my yeah, head. Yeah, I, I went to like neurosurgery when you did that. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, everything goes south. Yeah. So, And your scalp is your skin and I think that's what people forget mm. to a certain extent. Yeah, but it's a completely different kind of micro environment. Yes. Mm. So true. it's a bit like, you know, when you think of your microbiome, what grows under your arm is completely different to what's on your face mm. in terms of flora. Yeah. So I imagine your scalp's got a whole lot of, oh, yes, we're running Sorry. over. Okay. I imagine your scalp's got a whole lot of other stuff going on as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I don't know much about hair. I don't, you know, mm. I leave that to trichologists or, mm. yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank pleasure. you. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Mm.